Hearing voices? I'm hearing voices. You're listening to Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. I ate my first one as a kid at my grandmother's, and I ate most of them at summer camp in southern Michigan. And this morning on Hearing Voices, we're going to talk about the tater tot. We are joined by Leslie Gregg. I suppose we should start first with, what's your association with the tater tot? Hello. Uh, my, my father uh, worked as a cost accountant for the corporation in 1959. Uh, he was uh, instrumental in helping to build the Burley Processing Plant. Uh, my grandfather, Wells, was an original investor in Orida Foods, and he was also the production manager for the plant. So my first real job as a fourth grader was helping my mom drive out to the Burley, Burley Orida plant to fill the vending machines. <laughs> and that's, that's my association. In 1965, the... Heinz Corporation purchased Orida Foods, and our family kind of just dwindled away from any participation in Orida Corporation. Um, It just became our family legacy, and uh, as I have watched the things transpire over the years, as I'm in retirement at this point, I've decided that uh, somebody needs to step up and reconnect the Greg name and its legacy with Tater Tots. Do you remember the first time you ever ate a tater tot? I do. <laughs> Tell me about it. Well, I just remember Dad bringing home some some tater tots from the from the from the office, and we just fried them up and fried them in a deep fat fryer and, and cooked them. It was it was just a uh, an interesting experience. <laughs> One of the questions that I'm guessing many of the listeners have is. How do you make a tater tot? So the uh, the story of the original tater tot was uh, starts about 1951. Uh, Golden Grig and Nephi Grig, who were actually my great uncles, my grandfather's younger brothers, they were uh, very successful. They had built the largest frozen corn distribution business in uh in north i think it may have been the united states at least it was in north in the northwestern united states they were distributing frozen corn from um ontario oregon where they lived all the way to northern california up to seattle and all the way up into montana uh they needed a, a a different crop they the problem with the corn they were successful with it but only generated income for two months of the year so they needed something uh, additional product, and they decided to go into the frozen French fry business. So they did that. They spent a year or so making frozen French fries, and the the scrap from the frozen French fry production were were used to feed cattle. And so my uncle was a post World War II uh, baby, and also a post Depression child, and. Uh, they thought nothing nothing should be wasted, so they put the thinking caps on and tried to figure out what they could do with this potato scrap that would be better than it was doing. So uh, they had a kitchen in the office and they tried to experiment with a few things. They finally came up with the idea of um, chopping it up, adding some flour and some spices, and, and then they built this uh, holy board, which is essentially a three-quarter inch 
piece of plywood with about 25 holes drilled through it and they would squeeze the potato glop through the holes cut them off and they experimented with different sizes uh, they had a three-quarter inch at one time they had uh, bigger than one inch but they only decided upon one inch uh, one inch size and they would uh, drop those in the vat cook them up and that was how the tater tot was born his is the voice of Leslie Greggy joins me this morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. It's a high-calorie show, but a yummy show today. We're talking about tater tots. You mentioned earlier that when Dad brought them home for the first time, you fried them. Is that the only acceptable way, or is baking okay as well? Oh, baking, uh, air fryers. <laughs> I haven't had an air fryer tater tot, but I hear they're very crunchy and very crispy. Is there a proper way to eat a tater tot, and are there certain <laughs> condiments that are required or certain condiments that are banned? Just, nope, whatever, whatever suits your fancy. We laugh about that, but the reality is there are certain things that are uniquely American and have, over time, kind of become part of the fabric of our culture. Do you ever sit back and wonder, or in wonder, at how something so ultimately simplistic that your family helped develop has become part of the American fabric? Yes, I have thought that many years. In fact, that's probably probably one of the reasons why we're uh, on this media uh, trip right now, and that is that... Um, so one of the things that's kind of popped up in our, in our media trip this last few months... What uh, wonder we wondered if if it had been called the Greek tater tot or something else like that if it had if society would have would have jumped on it um, and if society would have ultimately made it the legacy it is today and that's just an interesting question but at least we won't ever know the answer to that question but we'll we'll deal with what society has given us and and we'll try to reconnect our Greek name with the legacy. Obviously, when the Grig name is spoken of, tater tots bounce to the forefront. Those who were directly responsible obviously made a little bit of money and they lived to see the success. Having said that, would they have been surprised by the level of success and the length of the longevity of the love of the tater tot? Well, uh, I don't think so. Um if I could share just a, a philosophical moment, Uncle Nephi was a very witty, uh, very creative individual, and he has written a, you might say it's a memoir of his own. It's called Briefs by Neef. Uh, we haven't yet changed, so that book was written. It's kind of just been a family heirloom. It may someday become more than a family family heirloom. But in that book, one of his sayings was, bite off more than you can chew, and then figure out how to chew it. The society would say, never bite off more than you can chew. And, and I think Nephi would, would be very proud uh, and not surprised at the success of the titter tot. What about the longevity? Because it seems like there are so many foods that are a fad food. I'm thinking when I was a kid, pizza rolls were a big thing. And now there's no such thing as a pizza roll. Uh, the tater tot has been with us now for a long, long time. And my guess is it enjoys a fairly consistent uh, sales record. 
It does. In fact, 70 uh, tater tots uh, are 70 years old this year. <laughs> How about that? And I'm 71. <laughs> well, we head out, and for dinner tonight or lunch tomorrow, a tater tot on my plate and everybody else's plate. It's a fun story. Leslie Gregg, thanks for the time today on Hearing Voices. Thank you for the opportunity.